Hello and welcome to Talk of the Town. This show is a collaboration between the City of Winter Park, the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, and Rollins College. And each show provides useful information and a transparent look into the happenings in Winter Park. I'm Sam Stark, Vice President here at Rollins College, and I'm pleased to serve as the co-host of the show with my good friends and great colleagues, Betsy Gardner-Eckbert, CEO of the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, and today, Randy Knight, the City Manager for the great city of Winter Park. Betsy, great to see you and have you here as always. Thanks, Sam, for and having us. Randy, great to have you filling in for our, uh, our mayor, so thanks for doing that. A lot going on, right? The end of the year. Um, this is our last show for the year. So we can try to cram a lot of stuff into maybe what's been happening in the last couple of weeks and what to look forward to over the next few weeks as we close out 2023. Um, Betsy, I'll start with you because first week of December is always a great year in the city of Winter Park. And you get to host some of the most... Uh, favorite and memorable events. You want to tell us a like little you've bit? you've done my job before I've and you know that. You, you teed that up so beautifully. I've heard Sam. of some of these events. Well, you know, one of the things that we love is bringing the community together. And we've, we've really gotten intentional this year about the chamber's offerings that run a spectrum of what we call freemium to premium. And so it's important to us as we've anchored our next 100 years into an ethic of inclusivity that we offer free programming. And we're delighted to work in collaboration with the City of Winter Park to deliver the Winter on the Avenue events, which are uh, starting at 5 p.m., but going all the way till 9 p.m. on December the 1st. We'll have menorah lighting, tree lighting, Santa will be there, snow slides, all kinds of carolers, um, the fire department does s'mores roasting. That is a huge the highlight hit. for me. Yeah. Um, I had the battalion chief roast mine last year. <laughs> it was a very hands-on, very VIP experience. I loved it. I felt like he was qualified, right? Indeed. So anyway, it's a wonderful experience, and we really cherish everything that we get to execute You know, with, with the city staff who are so able and, and committed to this city. It's just a really fun night. We're always gritting our teeth and praying that the weather cooperates right. with us. And this is a time of year where I start tracking the weather uh, intensely. So we're very excited about that event. And then on December the 2nd, we'll be hosting the 71st uh, Christmas Parade. And we're excited to have 80 entries in that parade. Uh, again, bringing the community together together. And we have our Leadership Winter Park Pancake Breakfast, which serves the community needs with respect to not only scholarships for our leadership development program, we serve over 100 youth leaders that will receive scholarships, an underwritten scholarship for that program. We attract talented high school students from 15 regional high schools, of course, Winter Park High is one. Uh, and develop them as yeah. leaders that can come back and serve the community. And then we also provide scholarships through our Leadership Winter Park program to equip uh, emerging leaders to contribute to the community in a, a significant way. One of the things that we've become intentional about with respect to inclusivity as well is we've partnered with a couple of community organizations to make sure that the tickets that we have for Pancake Breakfast go out to underserved families and children. So nice. we're delighted to be able to welcome people from all over the community to that event. 
uh, and to to experience the holidays together with with audiences that might not have been part of that before. Yeah. So that's really something we're doing with intention, and I'm so grateful to our Leadership Winter Park alumni, to this year's class, and to our programs team for making that happen. Randy, that's awesome. I love the calendar, and it, and it is great. First weekend in, in December here is, is, is the best. Um, the Sort of the overarching, and literally in some ways, the overarching um, success of our holiday are the, are the holiday lights. Like That's always been such a thing here in Winter Park. How you many know, reading meetings do you get to sit in on holiday right? lights every year, Randy? It's amazing how much that's be, been a hot topic. But in truth, the last few years especially, the city has, I mean, delivered in a spectacular way. You want to talk a little bit about the holiday lights? Sure. And, and uh, we've got a little surprise for you this year Ooh. that I won't reveal totally here. But uh, Hashtag glo- breaking news. The globes that have been hanging in the trees along Park Avenue will not be there this year. We're going a different way. Okay. And so we're excited about that. Uh, Get ready for some emails, Randy. I feel know, them coming right now. Yes, change is always fun in Winter Park, uh, as it is with most cities. But uh, I always joke that the, the restaurants all charge even dollar amounts because nobody likes change. <laughs> but, but yes, we've got a few surprises for Christmas, and our assistant city manager, Michelle Devalier, does a great job uh, leading a team of elves that uh, make the... <laughs> That, that make this such a special time, and, and they do a good job with the with the lighting. That's great. When do they go up? When do lights go up? I have no idea. Okay. They're starting to go up now, yeah. and the Christmas kidding. tree is decorated, so they're on it. They're the, getting everything ready right now. The official lighting is, is of course, the December, December 1st. Very good. All right. Well, we'll look forward to those, and hopefully people will make their plans to uh, attend those awesome events. Um you know, maybe we'll we'll take a, a quick look back in in some ways for from 2023. Um, don't know if this is exactly the best of show for uh, for talk of the town, but um, Betsy, you certainly had some amazing highlights and recognitions and honors, and all incredibly well earned and deserved. Kind of give us your take on the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce 2023 fiscal year. Well, so 2023 was our centennial year, and it's been a meaningful year when you think about the two best years, with respect, Sam, the two best years in the history of the chamber, I think, <laughs> are the year it was founded and then this past year. Um, I think that that we think all the time about transformational legacy and who are the people that came together not only to have a vision to create a, an, an identity for a business community 100 years ago, and, and let's frame this. I'm a history major, so I like to do this kind of stuff. In 1923, the margins of Winter Park were rural. I mean, they were wilderness, Indeed. frontier, really. Right. And so we had people who knew how to use their political clout to get the train running through here and Rollins and things like that. But let's face it, around the borders of that was citrus farms and cows and probably even some horse and buggy situations, right? So this was a, a intense group that understood we need to come together and create this identity. This place is special and we need to be sort of punching above our weight, which they've done now for 100 years. Um, so much so that we now have a $4 billion a year economy here in Winter Park in nine square miles. That's pretty impressive. Pretty so, good. so we have taken this year not only to reflect on those people, but to engage them. So we've engaged over five decades of leaders from the Chamber of Commerce in celebrating this year and people from multiple constituencies And our goal was to create and export a celebration 
where our legacy contributors felt celebrated, but that new people felt welcome and encouraged to be a part of what we're doing. You know, I think uh, Winter Park is a really special place, but it may not be recognizable for being, um, you know, the most welcoming place to people who aren't from here. And so our job is to make sure that as business people, we're doing a great job of welcoming people from anywhere so that they can come with their dollars and their time and spend them both meaningfully here in this community. So we've done that in a way where where we've done a lot of free things, freemium things, um, starting with our art installation in Mead Garden. It was a public art installation called Fun 100 that spanned three months and we engaged 15 schools to create art exhibitions out of found objects. That's otherwise known as trash. <laughs> and we uh, we created a meaningful activation there uh, with Full Sail University who helped articulate a really impressive vision for that. And we hired a themed entertainment company to help us realize that vision. Um, I think my favorite memory of that was our Gather and Grow Day, where we invited the community to come out and spend an entire Saturday painting, assembling, clearing. I mean, part of it was we still had hurricane debris on Meat Garden and we needed people to just clean things up to get it ready. 400 people came yeah, out on that amazing. day. And I just think that's a testament to what this community is and what it's capable of doing. And that was one of the things we wanted to do was not have an insular celebration where we just sort of looked inward and said, aren't we wonderful? But really try to challenge ourselves to go outside the usual suspects and engage younger people, engage older people, engage people who weren't born here, engage people who weren't born in this country and make sure that they felt that they could be part of creating something that was part of this celebration. And I think that's what that day was really about was um, inclusion yeah. and making sure that that people could actually say, I painted that. That's the part I contributed to this and that together the expression of the, you know, community equity that we leveraged on that was one of the most meaningful parts of that experience. Yep. And then we we moved into, you know, we have a really cool video where we spliced together this charming video from the 60s um, that aged kind of weirdly in some ways. And we put it together with, with a video with some key members of our our community speaking about the history of Winter Park and with some cool footage kind of then and now. That's on our website and anyone can take a look at it. It's also on our YouTube. And then we had Rick Baldwin come in and talk about the history of Winter Park, which was a meltdown experience. Everybody loved it. Then we had a partnership with the Winter Park History uh, Museum and they have an exhibition that's still going on called Retailing Our Story. Um, focusing on the retail history of the past hundred years in Winter Park, which is adorable, and they've changed out the little uh, shops that they've built in there every, I think, every quarter. So that's a wonderful partnership. And then here at Rollins, we actually had in the Rice Pavilion um, our uh, Century Club dinner, where we honored members that have been with us twenty years or more, and that was just a really special night. Um, and then we just hosted our Centennial Changemakers Dinner, which was convening all of our past chairs that were able to be there, about 50 of them awesome. total, um, to spend time you know, reflecting on, we asked them each to stand up and talk about the main thing that happened during their year in leadership, and that was a really, really special evening. Um, and then the year really culminated in something 
beyond my imagination. Our board asked us after we were named a top three chamber of commerce in the country this summer, can you please give something back to the community uh, for the support they've shown us? And we hired a headliner band to come be the entertainment for our Best of Winter Park um, uh, event. And we moved the event to Central Park. And just to frame Best of Winter Park, and I think this says it all, our headliner band has a single recorded with Taylor Swift, just to frame that. So they're a mm-hmm. platinum-selling artist. They have over half a million streams a month on Spotify. They're just an incredibly engaging um, group of entertainers. And we did that again in collaboration with Full Sail University. The band Boys Like Girls came out. And I even received emails, Randy, from people in their 70s saying, <laughs> we can't believe this level of energy in the park, and we loved it. The minute I saw who sent it, I thought, Ooh, I'm getting ready to be pasted for this. But they loved it. And I was really excited about that because it was a genre of music we haven't had on the stage yet. I really want to thank the CRA team in the city for building such a beautiful outdoor venue for making a a moment like that happen. So it's just been a really great year. Amazing year. Randy, any highlights, you know, uh, from the city's perspective? Always never a dull moment, uh, but anything stand out in the most positive, memorable legacy kind of way for that for you? Sure, we, we've got a few things. As you know, a city runs, you know, 10, 15 different businesses. Right. And, you know, we've got everything from, you know, police, fire, public works, parks and recreation. You know, we have a auto garage. We've got all these things. So every department, of course, had some successes this year. Uh, it's been a frustrating time the last few years coming out of COVID with supply chain issues and all of that, you know, to, to try to get projects done. So I feel like we've been kind of in a, in a holding pattern on so many things. So uh, about a year and a half ago, we bought the Winter Pines Golf Course. Yeah. And so we've spent the last year and a half upgrading that facility. And, you know, it's always been a very popular golf course. But, you know, it was always considered just one of the cheapest ones to play. And, you know, you got what you got. Hmm. And uh, we've spent a lot of time and effort out there to improve the not only the quality of the course, but the quality of the experience, yeah. and if you haven't been out there lately, uh, we've added, of course, the, the Bonfire Grill is is the restaurant component of it, and and uh, and it's being upgraded as we as we speak to to more and more offerings. Uh, but they've added an outdoor patio area, uh, and then with the n- next to the driving range and an expanded patio area that's got covered seating fire pits so if you've ever been to dubs dread and they got the little fire pit off to the side right. of the restaurant there uh, we've got three fire pits out there and and uh, so this fall as the weather gets nicer for those eight days a year that you need a fire uh it's a, it's just a, it's a great experience so that's uh, one of the things we're very proud of uh speaking of parks uh you know we're the Monday after Thanksgiving the long awaited beginning of the Seven Oaks Park development will will start and so we're, you know, we're looking forward to that. I know it's taken a long time, but, but uh, there's been a lot of design changes through the process, a lot of public input. Uh, so uh, very, very excited that we'll be getting that one going. Uh, staying on the parks topic, you know, out at Katy Way, we converted one of the softball fields to a multi-purpose field, which is going to create a lot more playing time for, for youth sports right. out there at that very busy facility. Uh, you know, in our public works department, they, they have a, over the g- gas pumps, they have a, a saying that says, nobody knows what we do until we don't do it. 
and, you know, and it's a very true statement for a lot of the government services. It's so much yeah. behind the scenes stuff that you just assume somebody's doing and you don't think about who's doing it. Yeah. But it's a lot of times that's the city, whether that's, you know, police patrol or, or uh, you know, drainage repairs underground, you know, Lot of lot of water and sewer utility, of course, is underground, and you don't see what they're doing. But when you turn on the faucet or you flip the switch, you expect something good to happen. And, <laughs> and when it doesn't happen, right, that's when when we get the call. So we've done a lot of upgrades to the water and sewer system this year. Uh, with Hurricane Ian last year, it exposed a lot of flooding issues. I'm sure the mayor's talked about that. Yes, yeah. Uh, we've we've embarked on three basin studies. Uh, we've divided the city into three sections and it's three sections because water goes three different directions out of out of our city and uh, so we, we were going to do one study of the entire city create a, a model that would allow you to to model how stormwater flows and so we can do the repairs we need and and, and do some enhancements to try to prevent the type of flooding we saw nothing's going to prevent a 500 year flood from from flooding some people's homes right. but some of the the routine street flooding that we see after a major storm, we, we can fix. And so this basin study, we broke it into three, so we got three different consultants so that they could all be happened simultaneously and it wouldn't take two years to get done with the study. Uh, so that's been kicked off and, and we're gonna start seeing some low hanging fruit from that soon where we'll get some projects going to, to fix some of those yeah. type of flooding. Uh, Fire department just completed a, a re rework of their alerting system, which is one of those things behind the scenes, but it's going to save like 30 to 40 seconds off of a call uh, before those people get dispersed out, uh, you know, dispatched out to handle your emergency. And, <laughs> right. And 30, 40 seconds can make a huge difference in a, in a medical crisis. So a lot of good things like that happen this year. There was a great story. I'm sure you saw it on, um, I think it was a local news on one of your fire department officials who had maybe had retired, but came back and now is doing a lot of CPR training. Yes. Is that um, something that the city offers to residents? Yeah, we, we do a lot of CPR training, a lot of those types of things, babysitter training, those, yep. those type of things that are, are great for the community. Yeah, very important for the community. An incredible year. You guys are just <laughs> never stopping and always topping uh your, your last year. So um, amazing. Thanks for your, your continued leadership on that. Um, we can look into some of the things in, into 24 maybe that are on your radar. Um, Randy, of course, in the city, we're having another election in March and just share some of the timing and the dates and reminders for people so they can make sure they, number one, know who's running or they can either consider it themselves and, um, and then ultimately, of course, vote. Uh, yes. Yeah, so th there's the mayor has announced he's not running in March, and so that's an open seat. Uh, and one of our, one of our commissioners has announced she is running for that seat, so she, that seat would also be vacant. So the qualifying is the first week of December, and so anyone meeting the qualifications to run for office can can come in and file for qualification, go through all the hoops that the state and the city require <laughs> you to do. And uh, the, the the election then is in March, as you said, and it piggybacks off of the presidential preference primary right which is always hard to say right <laughs> all right so cityofwinterpark.org or of course i guess uh, orange county elections um to uh, make sure that you're current and up to date um what about one other one i'll ask you and then uh, betsy want to hear but 426 fairbanks you know that that's been a 
pretty important topic and such an important artery for Winter Park. A lot of uh, grassroots energy around uh, some improvements for, for that road, really from, I guess, I don't know how far it goes, Orange Avenue to Lakemont. Right. So the <clears throat> 426, of course, goes beyond that. Right. But the part they're looking to redo is from Park Avenue to Lakemont. Okay, Park. Yeah. And so the FDOT had a planned repaving project coming up in 2025. And the the new improved FDOT, and I, and I do mean that, has changed the focus off of getting people through your town as fast as possible to more of a safety-minded approach and caring about the businesses along the way. And whereas I used to just want to get, you, get them from point A to point B as fast as possible. Now they're way more conscious about safety and, and serving those that live along that route. And 426, Aloma Avenue, Fairbanks Avenue is a state road. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, but so they're coming in to do a paving project. They've And there's a group of citizens that started a group called Fix 426 uh, that very concerned about the safety aspects of, of Aloma Avenue. And so there have been a lot of public meetings, a lot of public input. And what we're going to see now with, with these projects, it won't be a road widening project because they don't have the funding for anything like that. Right. This is strictly within the curb to curb and, and the you know, right away line that already exists. Uh, so we're trying to, and it's a very narrow yeah. right away, as you all yeah. know, the, the, the lanes are narrow. I, I joke that they four-laned it with a can of paint. <laughs> so, you know, they just painted stripe down the middle of the, la- the lanes. And Randy it, always includes lanes. the humor for free. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, there's not a lot of room for that type of thing. So there, there are a lot of accidents on Aloma, a lot of side swipes. As you go through those curves, yes. you know, there's, there's always issues. We had, a, we had a couple last week with a head-on collision as well as another guardrail damage. Hey. You know, you, those guardrails get damaged about once a quarter and and so some of the things they're looking at is some uh, some medians and places where they can fit them that'll create that visual uh, barrier to where people will slow down to go by it mm. uh, they're they're looking at some raised intersections speed tables if you will that will slow people down uh, and some signalized crosswalks so that people can cross the street with a, a protected signal uh, we've pushed for an additional traffic light at either Hinkle or Cortland. Uh, that's not in the works at this time. Uh, you know, it just doesn't meet the traffic warrants that they have to follow. Right. Uh, but, you know, some that's probably one of the biggest things people ask for that they didn't get out of this project. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be some beautification. There's going to be some uh, sidewalk protection type parts of the project that will help you feel more comfortable if you do want to traverse on foot or bicycle down Aloma, uh, we're looking at some other options to, you know, to potentially yeah. make that even better. But uh, without r- extra right of way, that part's very tough. Betsy, how do you deal with situations like this, right? You get asked, I'm sure, I, I remember a little bit on just about any and every community project. People want the chamber's support and advocacy. How, maybe not necessarily with this one, unless you'd want to specifically talk about 426, but what's your, what's your lens, what's your measurement that says, yeah, thanks for asking, we're all in, or thanks for asking, we're, we're, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing? 
Well, I keep thinking about Steve Jobs' superpower. And it wasn't that he was great at computers, which he was, but his superpower was focus. And he was able to focus and streamline Apple to become the superpower that it is today. And I think for me, I always try to put everything through the lens of what does this have to do with the business community, right? And so every single thing that comes across my desk, there's all kinds of requests that come across my desk to do this mm -hmm. and that because it would be, quote, good for the community. Right. And we definitely want things to be good for the community. But we need them to be accretive for both the business community and the community. So certainly we've been tracking this through the lens of how does this affect the business community and how does it create a greater quality of life for community but also, I think it's important to think about who's got jurisdictional authority over this. And mm -hmm. to the, some degree, the city doesn't. And so there's very little we can do because our focus from an advocacy perspective is not strictly on the city municipal level, but is primarily on that level. And so with respect to, to that, this is FDOT's jurisdictional authority. They're hamstrung with respect to certain things they can do in terms of maintenance of traffic. And for us, we were concerned about how it was going to enable cars to get from where they need to be to our businesses. So we didn't play a huge advocacy role in this because of that. Um, but what I will say that I think Randy speaks to is the chamber is very focused on mobility and mm -hmm. looking at mobility in different ways. And I think that that's a great improvement in the way FDOT functions to be able to look at mobility differently than, you know, in the 70s when we were doing urban planning with respect to cars. And we've taken a huge advocacy position on parking this year because we simply don't transport ourselves the way we did 50 years ago. And we have code enshrined in our municipal code that says we're going to do things the way we did in the 70s. Well, nobody I know who's operating a business is doing everything the same way they did in the 70s. Not even higher education operates the way it did in the 70s, right? And so the reality is that we have to start creating modalities where the pedestrian has greater um, opportunity to be safe and to get from place to place. People really don't want to be in their car all the time. And in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, of course they did. It was still novel and cool. It was a way to show everybody that you had wealth and influence. And now that's not so much the case, certainly with younger generations. So we've got to adapt our land uses around the fact that people want to be using public transport. They want to ride bikes. They want to go on foot when they can. Obviously, June, July, and August, that may be prohibitive. But I do think we need to start thinking differently about how we move people from A to B. And so this is an interesting study in that. The city did a great job of looking through the lens. I know this is a controversial subject, but through the lens of what we call complete streets when Denning was redone. And if you notice on Denning, wider sidewalks that can accommodate bicyclists, wheelchairs, and huge pedestrian thoroughfares with shade trees, things like that. That's a start at beginning to realize that people want to move themselves differently. And that's where the chamber is focused. Got it. So give, give me a quick, you know, glimpse into your 2024. 20, um, Betsy, we'll start with you. What any, what, what's major initiatives? Um, we're always looking for breaking news, so feel free to just roll it out here and now. But uh, what, what's on the on the horizon for the Chamber of Commerce? Well, a couple things. We'll be undergoing a new strategic planning process next year. So looking at our, we just finished uh, a strategic plan. Well, we will be in, in 24, and then in 25, we will 
have a new strategic plan rolled out. So I'm looking forward to that, taking our board on that journey. Um, next year, we're going to be focused on AI, and we're going to be focused on what AI can do for small businesses. It's such a big, scary set of two yes. letters, and you know people are terrified of it. And the reality is there is so much that AI can do for small business. People think, oh, well, you've got to be a huge hospital system or some giant you know, research thing or big computer company. Actually, there's a lot of really in interesting tools uh, for small business, and we want to connect those tools to our members. So we'll be focused on AI a lot next year and our strategic plan. Very good. Very exciting. Randy, how about you? Obviously, an election always has an impact on the community, and certainly the first couple months. Um, what's on the horizon for 2024? Well, I, you know, I mentioned the storm basin studies. That's going to be a huge part of of what happens following you know, 2024 with some drainage improvements and that type of thing. Uh, one of the big initiatives our public works is undertaking, and also always a controversial issue when you talk about it in Winter Park, and that's brick streets. Right. Uh, one, of <laughs> one of the things that the storms of last year pointed out and, and created was a lot, a lot more uneven brick streets. You get that much water you know, sitting on the streets for days and days and days, and it it uh, erodes the base underneath the bricks. And so we've seen a lot more potholes, both in the asphalt mm. paving and as well as the brick streets, since there's a lot of uneven brick streets. So we've taken on a, a project of identifying all the areas of need, and whether it's, a, it's just a simple leveling of the bricks or if it's a repair of the base or if it's a complete redo of the brick road. And so... We started that process of doing the identification, and we've put money in the budget to uh, do a serious effort towards leveling the brick streets. And uh, we, when we've done surveys in the past of whether people like brick streets or don't like brick streets, it is literally 50.1% love them, 49.9% despise them, and nobody says, eh, I can take it or leave it. I mean, they're it's extreme, sort of like national politics. Right. <laughs> uh, but but uh, uh, this year we're also going to be beginning the MLK Park improvements. Uh, there's about a three to four million dollar project that's going to be taking place out there to uh, to en to enhance that park experience behind the the new library and event center. So that's a big one, as well as Shady Park is going to be going an upgrade this year. Very good. Lots uh, lots going on. I'll share a couple things for for our um, 2024. Uh, hopefully breaking ground on a couple new projects. One, I think I mentioned, and, and city residents received a, a notice in the mail because we're um, making a residential life change with one of our older dorms, Holt Hall, about 80 beds, and, and turning that into a, a newer residential neighborhood, closer to 300 beds. And it's not because we're growing. Uh, it's because that's our value proposition is to create community. So it's just to make sure that more students can live on campus and hopefully not an in the college quarter. interesting correlation between building these beautiful residence halls and an uptick in enrollment. This is very impressive. <laughs> well, we don't want to grow. That is for sure. It's a, it's a crazy um, algorithm, uh, higher ed enrollment. And we are on the, I guess, the upside of, uh, of, of being a really attractive institution. And so, but it's a risk, right? Like, you, you, you know, you only want X amount of people in your first year class, but you have to let in 2X or maybe even 3X and hope you get back to X. But we, we've, um, we definitely have had some good problems uh, compared to some of our other peers in higher ed. Um, 
So that'll be a good one. I think we have a workforce housing project that'll soon be up on a city commission agenda, and we're, we're really excited about that. Hopefully having 40 faculty and staff, really student-facing uh, staff members who, who want, need, and belong closer to campus to really help that dialogue and that engagement with our student population. So that'll, we think that'll be a, a, re- a real win. And of course, right now we're at the point of our Alphond Inn expansion being completed. And so we all are fans of that, uh, that property and um, the expansion's pretty well completed and the spa and the new rooms. And that's, that's just such an exciting uh, asset for, for, for Winter Park and, and all of Central Florida. Hopefully we'll be able to actually make some, uh, some announcements on our Innovation Triangle project, which is our Rollins Museum of Art moving across the street from the Alphand Inn and our Crummer Graduate School of Business with our new dean, Dean Anil Menon. Um, being able to actually break ground on that project. So uh, that one's already approved and just waiting on a few more funders, donors. Betsy, I mean, I can see your name all over that building. So <laughs> what we, we can talk later, uh, but that would, be, that would be an exciting project for, uh, for the college as well. So yeah, lots, wow, never, never quiet here, which, uh, which we all say love. Dr. Menon is a really welcome addition to our business community. Indeed. We've had a bunch of robust conversations already and, we're just incredibly fortunate to have somebody with his background and level of talent and global expertise leading the Crummer Graduate School yes, of Business. Yes, so well said. And he's going to bring some really dynamic um, and important changes to the curriculum and to the whole uh, program. And um, he has such an incredible, as you know, background in both higher ed at the highest level, but also in the World Economic World Forum. Economics, <laughs> right. So uh, he's, a, he's a real welcome addition to the, to the college and to the community. Um, what else? Anyone have anything you want to close with? Just grateful for this collaboration and nice to have Randy today because we get the purview on drainage, parks and rec, all the stuff that Randy points out, you know, boring but important stuff that if it doesn't get done, you notice it. And I'll say, Randy, your team is just unbelievable. We, one of the privileges of my role when I got into it was seeing how much work goes on behind the scenes and just how extraordinary particularly Jason Seeley and his team are at executing a very demanding task in yeah. terms of maintaining and making beautiful all of our parks and recreational spaces. The standards are pretty high, and he always exceeds them. And just the, the fire, the police team, you know, we just had a huge, huge um, public concert, and I just felt so happy that I knew our public safety people were there making sure everything was going well. And so I got this window into just how scurrying and behind the scenes all of, of Randy's team are. And we're just always grateful for the, what they do to support the work we do and, yeah. and to enhance the quality of our community. We really have top-notch people in the city staff doing things to make things easier, better, and more beautiful for our community all the time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Betsy. I appreciate those kind words. And, and congratulations again on the 100 years. Uh, it's disturbing to think that I've been here for a third of those. <laughs> So, but it's very disturbing. Yes. But it is has been a great partnership, and and you know things don't happen by accident in this community. There's a lot of behind the scenes planning between us and the chamber, and of course with the, with Rollins and the hospital, and yeah, and all the major players, and and uh, it's just it's such a a great relationship when it's not a fight all the time. It's you know that, that we can sit down like this and have conversations. You know, not only in a in a public forum this but you know we we get together and talk about things and yes uh, you know sam and i had conversations about an issue they were having last week and we worked it out to get you know 
to get everybody on the same page and it's just a it's just a good team effort yes well to both of you you know the rollins enjoys uh, a seat at the table with the chamber and has for years and years and years and we love investing and supporting and partnering where we can with uh, with your team betsy and the same with the city you know one of the it's not a, anything we'll ever brag about public except for right now uh, which is the city and rollins host every year just a small gathering we call it the town and gown reception and it's just a handful of our kind of senior leadership and a handful of their senior leadership and we just get together for just a nice breakfast and coffee at the barker house the home of uh, rollins college presidents and you know very informal uh, collaborative, friendship, motivated, uh, just time to get together and say thanks. And um, I know that's coming up uh, soon, so always, uh, always, always a fun event. So, yeah, it, it takes a village. There's no lie. Uh, everybody's all in on this, and, and you two are definitely the, the tip of the spear um, as it comes to uh, the greatness of Winter Park. So thank you both for joining us uh, today. Randy uh, Knight, City Manager with the City of Winter Park. Betsy Gardner-Eckbert, CEO of the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce. Special thanks, as always, to Madison for keeping us on air and um, online. So be sure to uh, listen to our podcast and follow us on uh, social media as well. Uh, This is the last talk of the town for uh, 2023, but we'll be back better than ever in in January. Uh, We wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we will be back on air next week with uh, Rollins Around Town. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.